0: Hello and welcome to p for pictures on Tehalka Radio. My name is Pragya Tiwari and the track you just heard is called Feel Chic. I am with Naresh Fernandez, whose new book City Adrift, a short biography of Bombay, is being launched today. Naresh has also been researching and writing on Bombay's jazz age, which is why we invited him to introduce us to two outstanding musicians from that era who he feels were not given their due by the Hindi film industry. He's going to be talking to us about Chick Chocolate, who you just heard at the beginning of the show, and Anthony Gonzalez, a musician, composer, and arranger who taught music directors like R.D. Barman and Piyar Over to Naresh.
1: Well, the first guy I chose uh, was born Antonio Xavier Vaz, uh, but that didn't sound like a very hip name for a musician. So, for reasons nobody has quite figured out, he decided to call himself Chick Chocolate. Uh... And now, evidently, uh, in uh, Missouri, there is an ice cream parlor called Chick Chocolate. Chick actually played at Hackman's Hotel in Missouri for a few years in the 40s. And nobody is certain whether he took his name from that establishment or whether the establishment took its name from him. But at any rate, Chick Chocolate was a a trumpet player. And he uh, styled himself as India's Louis Armstrong. He he was so fascinated by Louis Armstrong that he even began to try to look like Louis Armstrong. And when you look at the pictures of him, he actually bears a faint resemblance to this guy from New Orleans. Uh, He would sort of frizz up his hair a little, but uh, also when he uh, performed on stage. You know, uh, he would, at the end of his songs, as a crescendo, he would sink to his knees and raise his horn to the stars, exactly like you sort of see Louis Armstrong do in some of these performances. And uh, Chick was, uh, he sort of, he fascinated me because he, like so many of the musicians I wrote about, he lived in my neighborhood. So he grew up uh, in Goa, but as a teenager he came to uh, Bandra and lived on Varoda Road and uh, again like so many of these musicians sort of had a hard struggle story but he was really devoted to this sound of uh, that he heard on on records this sound from new orleans and he practiced the trumpet really hard and got his breaks and by the mid 40s he was leading some of the finest big bands in in bombay uh and uh, in all of india and soon uh He began to assist uh, film directors, uh, music directors in the film industry and some of his most noted collaborations were with Opie Nair and with Madan Mohan. Uh, And um, uh, sort of he brought a real swinging sound to Hindi films. That gave Hindi films of the 40s and 50s a real charm, uh, especially for those nightclub sequences that you saw, those club, uh, the sort of the, the things that were the item numbers for their time. And, uh, and sounds it really like Gore
0: Gore Banki Chore, which uh, were like the first that. time we were hearing, almost the first time we were hearing sounds like that, um, which apparently also uh, he had a huge role to play play in, and apparently he was also moonlighting, he was also making guest appearances in a lot of these uh, uh, songs
1: as so, well. So he sort of played the trumpet uh, solo and that little trumpet solo bit on Gore Gore yeah. is his, um, also probably on uh, Sunday Ki Sunday, uh, which was I think the first yeah. real song that had this swinging uh, element to it, and unusually you know most... Uh, even though a lot of the, even though the cabaret sequence or the nightclub sequence was a sort of standard, uh, was a stock uh, element in the Hindi films, uh, these guys, the real musicians, were working too hard in, this, in the studios, in, in the recording studios, to actually, you know, appear in the films. So, they, they had fake bands, which sort of, you know, and you can tell that they're fake bands because they sort of play their instruments with, a, with far more enthusiasm and vigor than is actually re- required. But every now and then, you see Chick appearing uh, in these films. So it's, it's quite a delight. Uh, um, and uh, I, I, The last appearance he actually made was in Akhri Kath, which is a film I really liked because it's such a Bombay film. Uh, it's about a child who's lost. And much of it is shot in Mahim. On the Mahim Causeway and the old Mahim, uh, uh, sort of the the old Mahim beach, and that's completely fascinating because when you look at it now, that neighborhood has changed so much, uh, as as the music has changed. So it's it's a really good metaphor for what happened. Yeah,
0: yeah. And the other person you want to speak about was. Um, Anthony Gonzalez, somebody who's been obviously immortalized in that Amitabh Bachchan song. In
2: the
1: atmosphere because you are a
2: sophisticated rhetorician intoxicated by the exuberance of your own babasate! What? what? My name is Anthony Gonzalez. Gonzalez? Right? My name is Anthony Gonzalez. Um, but Gonsalves. very few people
0: know that he was actually a real person um, and had a massive contribution to Hindi film music. Um, so tell us a little bit about him.
1: So, again, uh, since I'm such a lazy person, Anthony interested me because he lived sort of on the other end of Bandra <laughs> uh, and in, in a place called Sushila, Southern, uh, just sort of linking road. And he again sort of had grown up in, in Goa, but was noted as a child prodigy. And by 13 or 14, he was leading some of the, 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 the most renowned church choirs and came to Bombay uh, in the late 30s or early 40s I forget uh, and got his first break with Naushad. And he played a really vital role in increasing the sophistication of the orchestral arrangements uh, in in Hindi films. Uh, He was a violinist, Um, but what intrigues me about him is not so much his work in the films but his work outside of the films, and Anthony, unlike many of his Goan contemporaries, was completely in love with uh, yeah. Hindustani, Hindustani music. music yeah. And so, while many of the Goan musicians who played in the Hindi film studios uh, liked jazz and Western classical music, Anthony was seized of the desire to orchestrate Hindustani music. And so, uh, he funded his own orchestra, and. He, there are pictures of these orchestras performing his compositions, which had names like you know sonatina and rag, bhairavi, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and we don't have the scores of these things. And even though a recording was made, nobody knows where that recording is now. So we can only dream about what this early fusion project was like—a yeah. very ambitious fusion project. Yeah. Uh, but we have no way of knowing uh how successful it was,
0: but you did meet him uh,
1: I didn't meet him when he was much older, yes, and uh, he sort of he insisted, of course, that these were very successful and well received compositions. Uh, very little was written about them at that time, so we have the program notes. Uh, and not so many people seem to recall exactly what it sounded like, yeah. which is a real shame. But
0: he also seemed to have some of his recordings. Because I remember you writing uh, that he he had a bunch of uh, he, you know he had a bunch of his music written out, and he was he was game uh, to have it performed once more, uh, if somebody would uh, fund a concert.
1: So this was part of Anthony's mystique. He said that all of these scores were in his trunk, and he would love to have them performed. So over the years, various people said, asked if they could see them. And he would say, come on Tuesday morning, I'll see you. And then when you landed up on Tuesday morning, he would say, I waited for you all of Monday. I cooked lunch for you, and you never showed up. Go away. And so people have m- had made representations in the last years of his life. And he never actually opened that trunk of his. Yeah. So nobody's certain whether the scores actually existed uh, or whether they had been destroyed, whether they'd been eaten up by white ants, as happened so often in Goa. Yeah. Uh, and so nobody's actually set eyes on these scores, yeah. even though Anthony said that they were there.
0: Yeah, but talking about the legends of Anthony Gonsalves, do we do we know if that... Uh, a famous song was actually a hat off to him or not? Well,
1: that's, that is among the things we can trace down because pyare Lal yes, said Walt, that yeah.
0: the,
1: original, uh, the, the original character was supposed to be, I think, Anthony Fernandez. And that doesn't have a ring to it. And he suggested Anthony Gonzalez just for the euphony of it. Yeah. And that's what stuck. So that is among the, the few Hindi film anecdotes that we can, we can nail uh, quite definitely.
0: The final question that I wanted to ask you, was um, if you had to, um, if you had to, within films or outside of films, if you had to pinpoint what the best contribution that these guys made to music, to Indian music on the whole, was, what would you say that was?
1: You know, I know, I, I'm really loath to pinpoint it to individuals. But I really that that milieu I think needs to be celebrated because it was these uh, composers, most of whom were Hindus trained in the Hindustani tradition, uh, collaborating with lyricists who were often Urdu-speaking Muslims, uh, and sort of all of this was was given voice and sort of orchestrated by Roman Catholic Goans. And I think that was a real vision of what India could be. Sort of India uh, arguing and, collab- and sort of, you know, finding points of connection every day in the Hindi film studio. And I think that is really what we need to look to rather than individual contributions.
0: Okay, on that beautiful note, I will play you a little bit of a beautiful song arranged by Anthony "Ham Hamap ki aankho Mein" from Piasa.
1: आंखों में इस दिल को बसा दे
0: तो हमन टिक पे बसा इस दिल को सजा दे तो
1: अम्मा पुत की आंखों में इस दिल को बसा दे तो
0: हमन टिक पे बसा इस दिल को
2: सजा दे तो
1: अम्मा पुत की आंखों में
2: इस दिल को बसा दे तो
0: I could listen to this music all day but the show has to go on. So up next is actor Imran Khan who stars in the upcoming romantic comedy Gori Tere Pyar We asked him about his favorite romantic movie and one film he would recommend we all see for its soundtrack.
2: Uh, I get asked obviously a lot about you know, films and what, what, what kind I like and naturally everyone's expecting something like Pretty Woman or something along those lines. The fact is that I, I tend to find those films uh, very simplistic and they tend to provide a very a, a very fairy tale perspective of, of love and romance. Uh, it's n- not not something that you can really relate to. In my opinion, my favorite romantic film is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Because it is the only film I've seen that has really, uh, really laid bare and shown what a real relationship is like and what, what real love is actually like. Because through the film, you see their problems, you see all of the issues that uh, that, that they have as a couple. And by the time you get to the end of it, uh, the, the the exact dialogue is getting, but you have uh, Kate Winslet coming in, talking to Ke- uh, Jim Carrey and telling him, "Look, it's not going to work out for these 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 reasons." I'm like this, I'm like this, I'm like this, like this. These are all the, the, the things that I will do wrong. And there's a beat. Carrey looks at him and says, "You know, it's okay," which is actually w- w- what real relationships are like. People will drive you absolutely crazy. You will always fight. There will be problems, but you accept all of these problems and you embrace the person despite that. Uh, movie soundtracks are obviously a huge, huge part, part of uh, the entire experience. Most most people kind of don't realize how, how much uh, the, the, most people don't realize the relevance. the The average moviegoer is sitting there, and the background is something, and it kind of gives you a cue as to how you're supposed to feel whether it's dramatic, whether it's emotional, romantic. It's, it's a very, very important part that can literally make or break a film, but most people just, just are unaware of it. Uh, m- most people would not recognize good or back, bad background music. They, they would not walk out saying, wow, that was really good or that was really bad. Uh, it's, it's, it's only industry people who really will take note of this stuff. Uh, and for, for me, it's, it's reached a point where, for the most part, you take it for granted that it will be pretty good, that it, it will enhance emotions and stuff, but for it to be very inventive, that is unusual, and, and what really made me sit up and take notice, after the fact, was uh, the soundtrack of Inception. Because, I mean, high thrill automatic film, science fiction, all very cool stuff. Uh, but they, they introduced a very interesting concept in the film, which is that time slows down in a dream world. And as you go into into a dream, it slows down a certain amount. From that dream, when you go into another dream, it slows down further, and so on and so forth, progressively. And w- what they did, uh, very interesting, what Hans Zimmer did in the soundtrack, is uh, he-, he used a track called uh, No, Je Ne which is No, I Regret Nothing, uh, by Edith Piaf, which features uh, initially in-, in the film, in-, in the real world. And then, as we move progressively into the dream world, he used that same song, Slowed Down, uh, relative to to the way time would slow down in a dream. Which, which is really, really freaky. It's very, very cool. Cool, dramatic adds to the atmosphere and all. What people don't realize is that within the rules that have been established in the film, the, the soundtrack is actually following the same rules. The, the, the rules of the film are that time slows down as you go into a dream. It slows down again exponentially as you go into the next dream. Not only, I mean, rules, again, very cool stuff. Add to that the fact that they've established the song as being uh, what they what they use as the kicker which is uh, something that all of, the, all of the, the people who are dreaming use to synchronize uh, their, their wake-up time. So it, it makes sense that they would be hearing it in a slowed-down version in the dream world. Uh, it, it, it's a great example of the music composer going above and beyond rather than just adding dramatic cues for when, when stuff is blowing up and when you're supposed to try. He's actually woven his music into the story. It, I, I, I think it's great.
0: Okay, you heard that. Go check out his recommendations and we'll see you again in a fortnight. Until then, good day and good luck.